Hey guys, my name's Kieran, and you're listening to the Infinite Rabbit Hole. Keep up the good work, guys. Sexual content and trigger warning. This episode contains conversation about alien and human molestation. Also, Jeremy says penis a lot. But don't worry, I say wiener way more than he says penis. Anyway, last time on Communion Part 1. I'm sure once we, once we, uh... No, no, you're gonna be completely... Can you give me, like, can you do, like, what Netflix does where they do, like... Previously on Vikings. Previously on Communion. Here, <laughs> presented by the Infinite Rabbit Hole. Uh, guy gets abducted or believes he gets abducted by aliens and uh, goes through many different places with said aliens, seeing many different kinds of aliens, gets something shoved up his butt. We made a joke about how he, it tasted purple. and No, it tasted gray. Gray, sorry. Yeah. And you, now you're all caught up, man. That's pretty much it. All right. We spent an hour doing that. Great. We do that a lot, so it sounds like yeah, a yeah, yeah. standard. Yep. Welcome back to the Infinite Rabbit Hole, everybody. I'm your host, Jeremy, and today we're going to jump into part two of the Communion Saga by Whitley Strieber about his personal experiences with abductions from the unknown. Little gray aliens sticking things up his butt. Before, or actually, let me take that back. While we're on the subjects of sticking things up your butt, Jake, what's going on, man? How you doing? (laughs) Just over here sticking things up my butt. Dude, I'm totally going to be like last time on communion and just have you running through that little spiel. <laughs> it's going to be perfect. Um, no, I'm, I'm okay. I feel like I'm kind of coming down with something. Um, but other than that, yeah, not bad. All right. Well, I actually, no, you know what? We'll, we'll skip that. Uh, Jeffrey, we'll go to you, buddy. We see that you have oh. a nice new background. For those of you that are blessed to watch us on the YouTube, the tube of you, you can see what our logo looks like right next to our other logo, which you can also see what it looks like next to Jake's logo behind him. Mm-hmm. You can also see what it looks like there. And then also, you know, uh, Kenzar, which we'll get to soon. Don't want to, you know, spoiler alert, Kenzar's here. Not that you can see her or not. And your logo. And my little tiny one right here. And then the logo for the channel. Yeah. Yeah um but anyways jeff happy new year buddy what's going on happy new year bud i'm here man just bur- you know representing the brand you know i'm on that branding Ooh. level right now you know yeah. it's a good week i'm surprised it's not a shadow band logo 
I have that one set up ready to go as well. I can flip it around, but you know. Are you going to be doing a shadow ban episode soon? Uh, yeah, I've actually got a whole new format that I've been working on. I'm going to do live streams. I'm even thinking about having a uh, call-in number. I want to call in. Call in live and we can chit-chat, so that might be fun. So soon. Bro, let us know how that works out. Maybe we'll set something up like that for uh, for us. We will see. Soon. Maybe. Um, and last but not least, Kid. The kid Kenzar, how you doing? Hello, I'm doing fantastic, as good as I can be. She's Living got a new life. Setup. Yeah, um, got uh, kicked out of the other room there, so now I'm I'm got a new setup. Got got my tapestry back there, and that was a big deal. So made sure <laughs> that made it made its way up on the wall. Is it tapestry or tapestry? I don't know. Tapestry. Put it on the pole. That's how I said. Put it on the pole. Nope. We're gonna let the travelers tapestry. <laughs> uh, but all right, anything new, guys? What's going on? What's up? Tell me things. We have to piss off the people that don't like chit chat. <clears throat> Just uh, work, man. You know, working every day, paying them bills every uh, every every other day. It seems like you know taxes, same uh, old. You mm. know. Yes, taxes. You get Standard. taxes in Florida? I thought that it was like not the, state the taxes. No, I mean there's a there's sales tax, but there's no state tax here, so that's good. But I do pay federal taxes, unfortunately. Ew. But taxation is what theft. can you do? Mm. It is indeed. That's a whole another show, though. Tune in on the Shadow Band podcast. It <laughs> <laughs> um, is definitely a Shadow Band topic. I mean, I I broke Jeremy's heart by giving him some news that he didn't expect last night. Mm-hmm. Tell yep. him I'm I'm not going to be moving He's to pregnant. Wisconsin. Oh, not pregnant. Sorry. No, no. Who, no. <laughs> Jeremy or me? You. Well, you the whole things up your butter. I don't know. Just oh, I can't get pregnant. Carry on. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Never mind. Well, also tune in to Shadowbound for that. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, I'm I'm not moving to Wisconsin. Um, decided to put family in front of uh, you know opportunities elsewhere. In front of me. And uh, that's fine. I mean, considering that I backed off on that one that I've been hyped for for like six months or more, like you really don't know what I'll pull next. So you should probably get a hold of CJ just in case. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Apparently, he still listens to the show. So CJ might get calls here soon. Actually, he texted me today. It's kind of funny. Uh, Kid, I got to miss CJ. CJ, I miss you. If you're listening, I miss you, bro. I haven't talked to you in a while. Um, I'm going to message you or message me. We should reach out to him and get him back on the show for an episode. Yeah. That'd be fun. Be sweet. We should. Yeah. CJ, if you're if you're listening to this, reach out to me because I'll forget. <laughs> All oh right. Oh boy. Um so communion. All right. What to say? What to say? Uh we're gonna go through quite a bit of information today. Um you're gonna kinda notice that. Each time we do a communion episode, at least for the first three episodes, because I have the next two done, this one and the next one, um, we're kind of going to build on the first episode. So for those of you that have not heard the first episode, I do still very much highly recommend that you go ahead and take a minute and go check that out. Listen to it. You're going to get the base, the, the the solid foundation, the structure of of the, the story behind communion by Whitley Struber and about his like firsthand experiences with these things or, or, you know, 
supposedly firsthand experiences with these things. And we're going to dive a little bit deeper with more details of those stories to today and on the next episode. So yes, we will be doing a back-to-back communion here and it will not be the end. We will dive farther into communion. The last time we released a communion episode, which was part one, was on December 9th. So here we are well over a month diving into part two. So for those um, that are not familiar with the story or that forgot the story, please stop here, listen to part one. But if you don't want to, I don't think you're going to be completely lost. Like I said, we do quite a bit of review and dive into deeper details. Before we get started, cast members, do you guys have anything? Uh, Any questions, uh, any clearing up that you guys want before we get going? Nah. I think I'm good. Well, yeah, free. Nope. No. Okay. I was say, <laughs> on audio, they can't see you shaking your head. Uh, well, you know, you can see me, right? You can. Uh, uh, yes. I'm going to have to edit out some of that five second pause. <laughs> oh, no, no. Leave it. Leave it. <laughs> Just quiet. Let, nope. let, them sit, let them sit in that one. All right. Let's see. Let me bring it up here. All right. Communion part two. We're going to dive in the first paragraph that I pr- made for presentation. The search for help. At the beginning of chapter two in Whitley Strieber's book, Communion, he introduces his thoughts about seeing a psychiatrist due to the strange events with alien beings, which we discussed in our part one in our coverage of the story. He was clear about the importance of finding the right person to talk to professionally. He stressed the importance of finding someone with an open mind, but also someone who has the ability to identify any real mental issues he was having, if that turned out to be the case. With another necessity being that the therapist would preferably be a practicing hypnotherapist. This is due to Whitley's gut feeling that there were still missing parts of his hazy memory that he wanted to uncover. With help from the ufologist, we discussed in part one, Mr. Bud Hopkins from down the street of their home in New York City. A doctor was found by Hopkins by the name of Dr. Donald Klein of the New York State Psychiatric Institute. Dr. Klein checked off many of the boxes. He was open-minded, serious, reputable, practiced hypnotherapy, and most important of all, he was completely unfamiliar with Whitley's story. So that is the quick introduction to what we're going to be talking about today. As you can see, we're going to be visiting a hypnotherapist with Whitley and Bud Hopkins, and we're going to dive into the uh, subconscious of Whitley Strieber and his memories. You guys ready to roll? You guys have any questions? Nope. Ready to roll. Let's do this. Let's do it. All right. Next, next paragraph, a real concern before we dive into the transcripts from Whitley's hypnosis therapy sessions with Dr. Klein. I think it is important to understand a few things about Whitley Strieber himself and his belief in the effectiveness in hypnotic regression therapy at this point in his life. Yes. These events took place before and during the times when Whitley was writing fictional novels about a variety of topics. This tied with the research he had done on hypnosis left him believing that people could lie during the process, either by telling the doctor that they subconsciously believe the hypnotist wants to hear or what the patient may want to believe themselves. Whitley was worried that he may have secretly wanted the idea of extraterrestrial visitors arriving to save humanity from itself to be true. I mean, the guy was known as a writer of apocalyptic science fiction after all. He thought maybe his subconscious created these events to cure some underlying hidden anxiety of realism behind his writings. 
And then what if his subconscious continued this obnoxious story and none of it ended up to be true? All right. Let's dive right in. The first dive, everybody. Let me uh, take a second to increase my... Let me zoom in a little bit because my eyes my eyes don't work so good. All right. The first dive. The time finally came for Whitley to undergo hypnosis under Dr. Klein's supervision with Bud Hopkins sitting in the room to record and witness the whole experience. Whitley eventually succumbed to Dr. Klein's control and drifted off into nothingness. After a few control-based questions, such as what is your name, birthday, and what did you do this weekend, Whitley fell deeper into the foreign feeling of distance, but mindful and present. He describes, quote, at that point I felt relaxed and calm, but not asleep. I was completely aware of my surroundings, but visually witnessed nothing. Note, the following is a summary of the entire transcript from Dr. Klein's hypnosis session with Whitley Strieber on March 1st, 1986. This session uncovers the deep and secure truth of the events of Whitley's first event from October 4th, 1985. Dr. Klein slowly brings Whitley back to the night in question and begins building dialogue by asking about the trip to the cabin in upstate New York with his family and their friends Jacques and Annie. They soon progress to dinner, and not before long, they battle at the. F- they settle at the first time. Whitley witnesses something big moving by a window that he could see in the living room from his bed. He describes it as a light in the front yard, and through jumbled speech, eventually moves on to describe himself looking into the darkest corner of his room. Inside the shadows stood a darker form, standing roughly three foot tall. Whitley began to question the darkness being as to why it was there. Whitley out loud. I don't want it to be there. I don't want it to be there, please. Got it. What's it doing to me? At this moment, Whitley snapped out of trance and was completely upset. Whatever it was, it was completely unknown to him. And Whitley is now back to being awake out of his hypnotherapy session. So what do you guys think so far? Um, I mean, I'm, I got no problem with this at all so far. Honestly, I totally believe uh, hypnotherapy is legit to some extent, right? But especially with what we're talking about on the gateway stuff, it's definitely some level of that. So get it. But what's the being, right? I mean, I've got a couple of experiences where I had, I don't know if it was just a nightmare or like a weird in between. I think I might've talked about it before, but you know, I've had weird experiences like that too. So, you know, if you're being, if you're having some memory brought up like that, like how much of that is you actually saying like, this is what I'm seeing, or that's just like what your memory of that is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right, Cause like right, right. I have memories as a kid and I'm like, yo, for real, there was a monster under my bed. Right. <laughs> Obviously not. But if I had, if I got like hypnotized and like brought that up, would I still think it was a monster or would I be able to explain and articulate like, no, it was just like a jumbled up mess of dirty laundry or some bullshit. I guess it's one of those things where you have to have been hypnotized to kind of kind of know what the experience is like and what you're actually remembering. It's a strange concept. But I don't I, I agree with Jeff, but I don't know if you can actually remember being hypnotized. Like every See that's that's what I'm kind of struggling with here is I personally have never been hypnotized so f- 
all of this is just hearsay. His story and whatnot in my head to this to me it just comes across as a hearsay situation he thinks he was remembering something that very well could not have happened mm-hmm. i don't know what that's that experience is like so for all i know this guy's just making shit up <clears throat> yeah exactly. not saying that it's uh, hypnotherapy isn't a thing right. or that it doesn't work or that it's bad or anything like that like whatever do you think right but i don't know this just I'm really struggling with this whole believing what he's saying is what he actually experienced. My understanding of hypnotherapy is that the subject that's under hypnosis like brings up regressive memories and talks about them. And then the hypnotherapist then gives them suggestions and ideas to help them to overcome this sort of stuff. But everything I've seen, people that come out of hypnosis don't remember talking about that stuff. They don't remember any of that stuff because they're implanting this stuff in their subconscious where their mind has more or less blocked it out because of traumatic experiences or whatever it is. And it helps them to get past, you know, whatever it is, fear of flying, fear of heights, you know, fear of riding in a car, whatever, right? Fear of the dark. But they don't remember the conversations and remember you know speaking like children and talking about these horrible things that happened to them as a child or whatever the situation is so from what i'm hearing from him of saying like oh i remember all this stuff i don't buy it now he it could be legit and there could be i, I mean i'd have to google it and I, I probably will during our next session and we'll, we'll talk about it at the next junction but from what i understand it just sounds like he's just trying to add more fluff to his book and just expecting people to yeah. believe it versus people being like, well, I don't agree with that. I don't think that that's actually what happened. Well, I want to I want to point out a few things. Uh-huh. Um, one, he did say that he was looking for somebody who wouldn't progress his own right uh, story into the hypnotherapy. Uh, he did say that he had Bud Hopkins, the, the ufologist, with him in the room for recording purposes. Right. And also uh, a blurb that I did not include was that he had him in there for for specifically for that reason to monitor that exact situation and making sure that the doctor isn't putting or isn't basically flowing mm-hmm. him through this certain path. Now, the other thing I want to point out too, is that there, I have done a lot of research into a lot of these 40 and like topics, 40 and like uh, stories and subjects that I've seen. I've, I've read both and that's a very good question, Jake. Uh, do they, or do they not remember the immediate time right after? Like if they, do they wake up and they're like, huh, that was strange. Or do they be like, doc, what did I say? Right. Um, now, Hollywood would have you believe that it is the latter. You know what you were saying. I right. don't know what the truth is. And that's a very good question. I'm, I'm going to look it up. My only thing now thing. is just to add on to that. Who's to say that the doctor and Bud didn't have a conversation beforehand and Bud filled the guy in. Right. Also true. Yep. That's just a devil's advocate argument here. Yep. But I will say if you guys don't like hypnotherapy. This is going to be a bad episode for you. <laughs> it's going to be a rough one, but uh, it has a lot of very interesting stuff. So you guys ready to move on? Jeff, you got anything else, bud? No, he's shaking his head, everybody. Nope. <laughs> All right, real quick. It says, um, 
clinicalhypnotherapy.sydney frequently asked questions, whatever. It says, most people have the ability to remember everything that occurs when in hypnosis, although some may not always remember it all. Of course, there might be small, trivial things that are forgotten. There is a minority of people who may not remember what happens in hypnosis. However, this is a very small percentage. So it looks like that he definitely could have remembered, you know, what he went through mm-hmm. or what he, he saw and stuff like that. So then the, then the thing is, you know, like what Jeff was saying, is it that he is, or maybe Kenzar, is it that he is um, actually remembering events or he's remembering a lie he's told himself a bunch of times and is selling merchandise for it? Is it that, you know, maybe something entirely different happened when he was in hypnosis, but for the sake of his book, he's like, this is what happened during it. Yeah. Versus like they ask him, they ask him like, let's go into this thing. He's like, oh, I made it all up for book sales, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> and then when he's doing his book, he's just like, oh, and I had this crazy vision, you know, <laughs> or or whatever, you know, the the circumstance was. Um, I don't know. I I would like to see, you know, what what was the, you said the guy the ufologist guy the guy's name was bud hopkins bud hopkins if he has any documents where he is also um solidifying that this is what occurred in this room hmm. you know also, also a very good question i'll have to look into that as well um i don't have that answer for you well i mean but... just like as a general you know yeah. thought or whatever it's just like there would have to be more than this because so far I'm not on board with him and his story. But, Mm. and the thing I brought up last time was, you know, what about his family or whatever it was? Do they have compatibility saying like, yes, this occurred and whatnot versus just him saying that, you know, now part four, I believe gets more into that. Um, but you mentioned, yes, you had mentioned that he talked about his kids, right? His kid. His kid. You mentioned yes. that he talked about him and that he said that all this stuff was going on. But I mm-hmm. want to know from the kid's own mouth that this was going on, not what his dad is saying he said. It, you know, Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah so, hmm. Which is difficult know, to find in these sort of circumstances. I mm-hmm. would love to hear that too. A second a second opinion on the story or like the second right. version of the story. Because there's three versions to every story. Your version, my version, and the truth. Right. Right. So this very well could be that Whitley's version, his son's version, and then the truth of what happened. I would love to hear that story. Then that's that might be something I get into uh, when I get into the next book I'm going to read for this topic. Mm -hmm. It's a book called Report on Communion by Ed Conroy. And it's literally a book about this book. And maybe Ed can get a little bit more into uh this is what his son said or yeah, whatever it was because i mean he... that's that's what we get with injured cold right it's yep. not just it's not just uh woody that's saying like this happened to me it's then tanya saying this yep. happened you know and still happened stuff like that it yep. adds more credibility to the experience which i still may not buy it but it's a lot harder to be like, no, this is ridiculous because there's multiple layers of this story, right? But right. in this circumstance, it's just him and him saying, well, this is what my kid said, 
and this is what other people said, and this is what the therapist said, and all that sort of stuff. He right. could just be lying about it all. If I said, Jeremy told me that I'm the handsomest man on earth, and I put it in a book, he just never said that. But I could just say that he did, right? Right. So Until I come out with a book saying I did. Well, and th- that would completely, you know, knock off everyone that would say that that would be fake. Right. I don't know if we have that from this story. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, True, true. All right. So there's a caveat there, right? There's, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, are you putting, how much weight are you putting into Whitley's words himself by himself, from himself? So uh, good. Yeah. So let's keep going. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Obviously there's, there's the elephant in the room right there, but uh, yeah, that never gets answered. I can tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Not until like part seven or eight when I start looking into your other point of views from, of the story. Well, um, but yeah, we'll so you guys, you guys ready to roll? Oh, yeah. All right. Jeffrey? Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Next one. A little bit of clarification. Whitley slowly calmed down and completely reversed his excitement and terror into calm, slow, and confused speech. Whitley acted as if he had just awoken from the deepest sleep of his life. When asked about the thing in the shadow, he describes the being as sort of like a little person wearing a hood. He describes the thing as being able to insert something directly into his mind, a speech or language of some sort, one full of clicks, squeaks, smacking, and shallow whistles. Soon after Whitley was no longer under hypnosis, the men agreed to go back in and uncover more of the events from that night. So... He was sent back into trance and began describing the moment the being came out of the shadow and approached the side of his bed. Calmer this time, Whitley described it as being short with dark slanted eyes. And as it looked down at him in his bed, Whitley was able to see that the being was completely bald. It slowly reached out and touched Whitley's head with an object that reminded him of a ruler with a silver tip. Whenever the being made contact with his forehead with this object, a picture appeared in his mind. The first image was of the earth blowing up, as well as a few others. The being's voice told him that this is your home, and asked Whitley, Do you know why this will happen? Whitley responded by saying, I know why, and then asked the being, Why don't you like me? The being then replied, I will not hurt you as a large bang erupted and Whitley began yelling that the house is on fire and snapped back out of hypnosis. As Whitley was regaining consciousness in the present, he described that it wasn't a fire in the house. Instead, the being held out a small needle-like object inches from his face. The object exploded into a blinding flash of pure white light coupled with a familiar bang. When Whitley described the bang, Bud Hopkins immediately asked him if it was the same bang heard by his son and wife that night. Whitley simply replied, yes, that was the bang. That was the one when my son thought I was throwing my shoe. All three men discussed the physical features of this thing, but nothing new came from it. But as they were revisiting the pictures that were being forced into his head, Whitley highlighted one other image other than the earth blowing up. It was a picture of a serene and beautiful green park with his son. Although it was a pleasant picture, Whitley could not help but feel that this significant, or that this signified the death of his son. He believed that the only thing that could be this peaceful was heaven. It was at this moment that Bud Hopkins connected a few dots. 
He believed that these two specific pictures were meant to show him his biggest fears of losing his son in an end times apocalyptic event. Whitley agreed and made an even further connection to the book he was working on called War Day, at, in which Whitley had to dig deep for the darkest dem demise of Earth for the story. He could not remember any other pictures, but he assured that there was at least one more. He described it as being jumbled or scrambled. So the men agreed, and they were going back for one more time today. All right, guys, we're at a breaking point. What do you guys think so far? This is this is all just his memory, right? This, there's no actual evidence of these beings. Uh correct. Yes. Like this is just in his mind. As far I as don't we know, know, man. As far as we you don't know, know that. It, maybe it's just because I've been on this like space is fake kick for a while, right? Or something. <laughs> I don't know. But anytime I think of aliens my immediate uh shift is it's got to be interdimensional entities you know interacting with us in altered states of consciousness like deep sleep or mm -hmm. meditative states so uh, you know maybe uh, i don't know that's just kind of where i'm leaning right now it's probably an entity messing with this guy it could be implanting information for sure, sure. who knows what agenda this entity has we think jeff trickster trickster yeah yeah maybe it's the gin bro you know <laughs> i was actually just talking about this uh with my girlfriend the other day the gin and like the idea that we don't really you know we live in time we've talked about this on gateway we live in time you know and these entities could be outside of time they could be in alternate or you know whatever dimensions where the time doesn't exist so mm -hmm. a gin right a genie a trickster one of these entities who existed a million years ago could still be existing right now. It could just be like a weekend for this thing. As far as we know, just fucking yeah. with people could show up at any point in time because it lives literally in a dimension where time doesn't exist. Yep. Just fucking with people. Oh, mm -hmm. you're afraid of your son dying in the apocalypse. Here's some images, write a book. <laughs> yep. And you know, that's one thing I want to point out too, uh, is that Whitley was quite known for his apocalyptic, writings um mm. i mean he wasn't ever like the most popular of authors or you know his books never really made it huge um i know that after the communion story or maybe before i'm not sure i think it was after he came out with a book called the grays which ended up doing really good but i think it was due to the communion story that it ended up doing good because he ended up i believe he wrote the, the book the grays as a reflection of the communion story and he came out and said obviously this one is completely fictional uh but i did get my my uh interest for this from the grays or from the communion um mm. but you know so he that is something that he definitely did worry about he did a lot of research into apocalyptic events whether they be from the acts of god or from humans themselves uh nuclear war um natural natural uh events such as uh, uh super volcanoes or or an asteroid or or whatnot i mean he pretty much wrote about it all it was kind of his specialty well that you know that just goes right with my point i mean you know some of these in my opinion some of these entities are very parasitic right they feed mm -hmm. off of negative energies fears anxiety and all kinds of stuff right 
Right. So these demons or whatever, they they literally are just out there messing with people, making them anxious, making them afraid, showing them their fears in their dreams in the form of nightmares or however you could imagine, right? And uh, maybe this guy's just one of the billion people that are affected by this kind of thing. Also very convenient to be a writer on end times type stuff or global catastrophe type stuff so that later on when something really big happens like Mount St. Helens 2.0 he can be like ah oh, this is what I saw in my dream and then give him <laughs> himself his own credibility through his baloney story. So I'm going to come back to Bud Hopkins and this doctor had a conversation beforehand and he knew he's in a, he writes about apocalyptic end times and all that that but Hopkins said, this is the guy you're dealing with. This is what he does. This is his story. And now the doctor is showing him all this apocalyptic end time stuff because this is what the guy does. Why not? Just to right. play devil's advocate there on the hypnotherapy thing. Now, Bud Hopkins was a fairly reputable person. Um, he was a prominent figure in alien abduction phenomena. And he did a lot of UFO research, but he was also a um, an artist, too. He was quite known. I know that when I originally looked up Bud Hopkins, just kind of, you know, trying to find out who this man was that was a part of this story. This guy's got an entire, I know, this is, this is how you know you're famous. He's got an entire Wikipedia page. I mean, like, a lot. It was a big page too. It wasn't just like super a little famous. Thing. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I decided to Google the guy. <laughs> I mean, he's uh, you know, he has a lot, a lot going on here. He he was a reputable person in the forty and uh, studies. You know, he was up there. He was definitely somebody that a lot of people trusted. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I I'm just like, I you know I'm leaning, I, I want to give the guy the benefit of the doubt, right? And just assume that what he thinks happened to him happened to him, right? That's mm -hmm. kind of how I play the game. So I, let's just assume that the hypnotherapy thing is legit and whatever. And what the information being pulled out, as far as he is concerned, Whitley is concerned, is is legit. Even still, the information could be some implanted information by some entity in another dimension. So like... Mm -hmm. And, and I guess you could use that argument for literally anything, but anything. <laughs> and that's, that's what we do a good job at, you know, honestly, in the show, there's going to be someone who doesn't believe it, who thinks it's a complete bullshit. Somebody's going to be like, yeah, you know, there's probably a pretty good chance. And then somebody that says, I need a little bit more information. That's what we do. Kid, you seem like you had something to say. No, I was oh, looking okay. at the guy's artwork. Oh, is it good? It's abstract artwork. He oh. took a bunch of circles and made triangles out of them and made them all different colors and then threw it all together. It, it's not Billion bad, but it's right not there. my kind of artwork. So, What'd you say, Jake? Billion dollar art right there. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Or napkins. Whatever. Um, let's move on. You guys ready? Okay. All right. Concluding the first session. During this very brief stint under hypnosis, Whitley witnessed the images much slower and clearer as commanded by Dr. Klein during his conduction of the practice. The earth was being viewed from a point in space, and the red ball that was once blue was burning in a ball of fire with sporadic puffs of smoke seeming to detonate randomly all over. He couldn't see the ground, but Whitley knew that all of mankind was down there, one by one, losing their lives to the inferno. 
In the next image, his son was small and unable to move, but looking directly at Willie with black, whiteless eyes, feelings of fear for his child's life flooded his emotions. Then there was the third one, one that depicted his father laying on the couch from his childhood. His father's chin pointed up towards the ceiling with his head tilted back and his father's body convulsing in the throes of death. Whitley's mom sat watching as her husband's life was strangled away, the scene flooding Whitley with all the emotions ranging from rage, confusion, and sadness. This was a much different scene than what his mother told him as a child when she described how his father had passed away. Before Whitley could act within the depths of his stenosis, he was thrusted out of his mind and back to Dr. Klein's office. All right, guys, so we've we've seen a little bit more on all three of the images now. You got anything else to add? No? Pretty... Other than, how does this guy know that we're on a globe in space? <laughs> indoctrinated that way but to even think that's... that to begin with. That's the thing, right? If it turns out that the Earth is flat, we know this guy's fucking lying, right? Could be. <laughs> could be. That's the one thing, the one thing that could blow his entire story apart. Yeah. Listen, all I'm saying is anybody who's listening who is a flat earther, they just heard that and they were like, oh, no, this guy's full of shit. Bullshit. Yep. Instant. Done. Lost like all that. of them right yep. there. All, all <laughs> Gone. Yeah. Never I mean, spending a dime on this guy's book. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it has to be. In order for someone to have credibility in like viewing <laughs> things of the future, those things have to take place or what he's saying and what he's describing has to take place. It can't be a point of it being like, oh, there were people. No, it have to be like the entire thing in order to be credible. So either he I don't know yet at this point whether he gives weight to these visions because it could be what Jeff said. It could be just a demonic force, you know, just jacking up his mind and stuff you know it could be i don't know it could be his own uh subconscious because of how um how much time he's spent already uh manufacturing stories that contain this sort of uh imagery and stuff could be that um but yeah i i don't know we'll have to listen further to hear if if he actually puts weight in this and thinks that he had a like a vision of the future because yeah i mean just like what you guys were joking about. If it ends up the world is flat, <laughs> then, you know, the earth is flat, then we know that, you know, he's absolutely full of crap. It wasn't a vision. At, at least it wasn't a, a true vision of the future. It was just something going on in his own head. Mm -hmm. So Now, I will say from my own point of view, um, and I don't really have anything to really back it up, I was thinking something along the lines of, you know, just kind of, give you a peek under what my my theories are here uh i think that the guy went through something and i think that the guy may have been visited by an entity whether it be an alien from an, another place in space or a multi uh interdimensional being such as a trickster or a djinn uh or a demonic entity uh i think he got visited by something and i don't know necessarily if the pictures were were images of the future Mm -hmm. Um, but I do think that, you know, if, if I'm going to take his word for it and say that this stuff did happen, that this was something that was placed into his mind and scared the shit out of him. And it wasn't necessarily a view of the future. It was more of a view of his, of his, uh, personal fears. Um, 
that's kind of what my belief is. That's kind of why I highlighted it here. Hey, here's mm. an idea. Mm, what you got? What if he was seeing was somewhat related to the super volcano and Yellowstone? That's Yellowstone, right? Mm-hmm. What if that's what he saw? <laughs> I mean, maybe. Wild, wild kind of out there theory, but that's where my head went. Possibly. But, I mean, if you look at the other two, right, um, I don't remember if I really get into it. I don't think I do. I think I've left this part out because, I mean, there's so much of a person's book that I can try to rewrite without stealing the entire book, right? So there's some stuff that I have to leave out. But he did kind of go into how his mother described his father's death. Now, his mother described his father's death as just the man simply passing away peacefully on the couch you know they were near each other and you know she just looked over and he was dead he was dead uh it seemed like a very very peaceful death and that's what she passed down to everybody including uh whitley himself so uh which we do get into just a tiny tiny bit here i think in the very next paragraph a little bit about the history between whitley and his father and why that may have been the significant image that was pushed into his head hmm all right, you guys ready to roll? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Uh, a chat after. Post-hypnosis, the men mostly discussed two things, the new images of his father's death and the bang. Between the two, witnessing his father's death was thought to have had been a tie to Whitley's relationship with his father. See, this is what I'm talking about. Whitley was young when his dad had died. At the time, he had his own life and never really gave his father the time of day. Something he regretted more and more the older he got along with the time spent building a relationship with his own son. They believed it was a projection of Whitley's guilt of never being there for his dad. As for the bang, Bud Hopkins interviewed Whitley's wife Anne and their friend Annie days prior to the session in Dr. Klein's office. Combined with Whitley's new description, the men believed the being created a literal streak of lightning in front of his face and the bang was a rapport from the thunder but without the typical echo and rolling common with thunder the session that took place on march 1st 1986 came to its conclusion after this attempt this attempt and the men all agreed to come back and try again in four days all right guys so does that clarify anything does that change anything my opinions are the same. I get it. Totally understand. But it is an interesting story, and if it actually happened to him, I mean, like, I wouldn't want it to happen to me, you know? Right. I agree. Totally. I, you know, I I don't know for sure, but I'd feel like I wouldn't want a big gray pine cone shoved at my butt. I know, right? Just jammed up in there. You know what's sad is that... In this episode, okay, so for those that are waiting for this, you can just turn it off now. We don't talk about that anymore. Really? Yeah. But we can still make jokes about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And there's a <laughs> there's a better one that might be coming up soon. Oh, gosh. <laughs> a don't telephone worry. pole. Don't a worry. pink telephone pole, and he tasted every <laughs> inch of it. <laughs> the, the sexual commentary. Hey, everybody. Bear with us while we take this quick break. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply continues not good (laughs) (laughs) all right you guys ready let's dive into uh the second session in which he covers the second time that this stuff has happened to him one more time the following is a summary of the entire transcript from the second session of hypnotherapy with dr klein the session took place on march 5th 1986 And this time, the goal was to uncover forgotten information surrounding Whitley's second encounter from the night of December 26, 1985, when Mr. Bud Hopkins was present to record and witness the session. As they did before, Dr. Klein began by asking Whitley about dinner on December 26th. The family was enjoying cold goose leftovers from their Christmas dinner the night prior. Soon, they were fast-forwarding to Whitley waking up to a being walking through his doorway. As whatever it was entering his room, a large group of other smaller ones filed in behind it. They were fast. All of them moved continually the entire time. Whitley described the first one as wearing a large blue card on its chest and sporting a round hat. Whitley described the first one. Oh, no, I just just read that. Whitley also described it as wearing a mask with eye holes and and a small round hole for the mouth. This one comes to settle right next to the bed. The others, moving very quickly, were very similar to the first, but were all wearing blue coveralls and completely bald. Yes, guys, the minions. Whitley stands up and immediately strips off all of his clothes against his will. During this time, he is scared to death as he begins to walk away from his bed, out of his room, through his living room, out his front door, and onto the front porch where what he described as a, quote, black iron cot was waiting. While Whitley was moving from his bed to his porch, he was escorted by the beings which seemed to be moving him by means of something unseen. He describes these beings as, quote, little bitty people. As Whitley approached the cot-like object, he grew even more scared and concerned, but he could not stop himself. He was not in control of his own body at this point. He laid down on the contraption and began to roll off the porch, or what he thought was rolling at least. And soon after, his concern regarding the reality of this event faded away as he began to float higher into the air. Whitley believed that he must be sleeping at this point. Before he knew it, he was in a clearing in the woods in an area completely void of snow. This made him think that was actually very far away from the cabin, possibly in a different state, as a ton of snow fell the night prior. Whitley focused as one of the beings began to try to talk to him, but he could not hear what it was trying to say. 
but his body reacted as if it did hear the words perfectly, and it did not like what the thing had to say to him. His anxiety grew, his heartbeat fastened, and his breathing quickened. Then Whitley yelled, I'm awake. That's it for that paragraph. What do you guys think? Weird. Um, did you guys not get the, the Minions connection? I did, but I'm like, I wonder if Never someone someone read the book and they were like, I could make a movie like that. That was, that was what went through my head. You know what's funny? Is that mm. that is a theory. That is a theory uh, that people have pushed around about the Minions was that the Minions actually were uh, created as part or in part of these particular critters here in the community book. <laughs> <laughs> now, I <laughs> I don't I don't know what the actual uh, origins of those things, but it is it is kind of funny to kind of see the the parallels between the two. Did like you know it. they have their own language now? Yes, Minionese. No, <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> never seen it. Yeah, you never seen Des- Despicable Me. Nope. Cool. I'm just boring. Never seen Star Trek, so whatever. I don't have kids or anything. I don't have a reason to watch like animated shows. I'm not uh, 12, you know. So. Ah, yes. I mean, I'm pretty sure Despicable Me was far enough back that it wasn't like we were. I'm in my 30s, bro. Bro, yeah, Despicable so Me didn't come out until my kids were born. Yeah, that that's not. I mean, that you want to talk animated? Be almost a decade old now. Yeah, yeah I was I... watching like Dragon Ball Z back in the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My uh, my oldest is almost twelve, so I, I'm pretty sure the first Despicable Me came out when she was a baby. Could be wrong, Jake. You're just a baby, man. No, I'm not. Little, little itty bitty baby Jake. Jake's just sitting there watching cartoons, putting stuff in his butt. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> gray. Mm, gray. <laughs> gray Legos in the butt. <laughs> Weird. All right, you guys ready to move? Yeah. yeah, you guys are talking a bunch today. I like it. All right, chosen one. Doctor Klein recognized this as Whitley slipping out of his hypnosis and quickly redirected him to focusing on getting back to the state of rest needed in order to continue. It worked, and this time Whitley was able to recognize that they were in a large bunker-like structure in the woods. He also realized that one of the beings was attempting to talk to him, and he. St- and he was still attached to the cot-like contraption that he laid down on. Only now he was sitting up, and whatever it was, it was conformed to the angles that he was sitting in, even when moving his limbs. Before he knew it, he was shooting up towards the sky. He watched as he crossed the threshold outlined by the tops of trees. His feet traveled further and further away from the canopy of the woods below him. The next thing he knows, he's in a room and no longer held prisoner by the cot armor. He describes the room as dirty and having a faint odor of cheese. There was another being in the room with him, but this one was different from all the other ones he was introduced to before. It was a difficult creature to describe as it shared almost nothing with humans, and the characteristics of the thing's physique was even remotely fam- wasn't even remotely familiar. As Whitley was thinking about how he had f- had a feeling that this creature was on the older side, it replied to him without him actually asking the question. Yes, I am old. 
and looked directly at Whitley from inches in front of him, as his head unwillingly moved from side to side, as if under control of some unseen force. The being seemed to be studying Whitley, as she told him in a deep and low voice that there was going to be an operation performed, which immediately sent him into a screaming fit for help. His fear was overwhelming, but through all of the sound he was making, its voice asked clearly, how can we help you to stop screaming? In which Ritley replied, you can let me smell you. As she leaned in, and the aroma of cardboard and cinnamon filled his old factory receptors, tiny footsteps surrounded Whitley's backside, and a bang! Whatever they had to do, they did it in a split second to the back of his, his head, and the whole time, the small, leathery being stared into Whitley's eyes, trapping his attention to allow the deeds of others to be fulfilled. After the seconds passed in which he was trapped in her gaze, she lifted something from below the line of sight. Is that your penis? He asked shockingly. I thought you were a woman. He began to feel as if he wanted to throw up as whatever it actually was began to punch him repeatedly in different parts of his midsection. The beings from behind him poked his lips in an attempt to force open his mouth with their tiny hands and what he could only describe as fingers. The only thing that made sense to him was that whatever that penis thing was is what they were trying to shove in his mouth. So there was no way he was going to (laughs) willingly let that happen. (laughs) Then seemingly out of nowhere, the being in which he thought was a female said in its deep voice, you are our chosen one. (laughs) I knew you weren't going to hold it. (laughs) This, can we speak now? Yeah, go ahead. Can I speak now? This guy, you know, I was giving him the benefit of the doubt, you know, I was, I was tracking, I was like, okay, you know, and still could be, could be the gin. I mean, dude, if you're talking about biggest fears, bro, big Where's old this guy alien from? dick. Where's this guy from again? New York City. Well, he, oh, he grew up in Texas. It, grew up in Texas. It's, it's the meth. I'm sorry. If being the chosen one is wrong, then I don't want to be right. <laughs> it's, it's the meth. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Yeah, I was yeah. dying. I, was just I like, know I you gotta, were. I got to let this out. <laughs> so <laughs> what's funny, right, is that when I'm reading it, I don't have your guys' face up. I have the whole screen showing my notes, right? And I'm just sitting there while I'm reading it word for word. I'm like, Jake's going to go. Jake's going to fucking laugh. I was like, he's got to be on mute. He's got to be on mute. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. when I got to the point where it's like it wanted to shove it in his mouth. <laughs> you'll, you'll see me on video. I'm over here like covering my face and just starting to just crack. <laughs> uh, I mean, Bro. dude, if, if you're projecting fears, man, <laughs> that's yeah. a pretty good one. It's like I want to rip on it so hard, but I can't help but think that something awful happened to him growing up that he is projecting through the things that he writes about. Now, I know you said in the first one that this was the first time he wrote about aliens. You talked about, read about, uh, was it? He, he had written about all kinds of other things. But this is like, this is like traumatic memories wrapped around fictional stuff being projected out because of hypnotherapy yeah like this is rough 
that's where I was starting to go with. That's where my head was starting to go with this is this guy is traumatized. He is severely fucking traumatized by something. And he has just pushed it back into the corners of his mind that he can't, he can't actually access because it's so far back in the, in his subconscious. Now it happens. It's a thing. It's terrifying. And that's what I'm seeing now is a traumatized man who has no idea what he went through. And this is how he's coping with it. Like maybe in it, maybe there were some parts to it. He's talking about gray aliens. Maybe it was like, you know, the guy had a gray hood on and sunglasses. Mm -hmm. And he's just latching onto that and being like, oh, it was gray aliens or something like that. Like it's, it's funny him describing this sort of stuff. But I don't know. I can't help but think that there was something pretty awful that happened to him at some point, and his brain just kicked it back. It was like, nope, not going to think about that. And now it's being pulled out, and it's coming out in, you know, wild forms due to, you know, I don't know, just the subconscious trying to protect him or uh, whatever, just like his own thoughts and like, you know, because writers that, that deal with fantasy and stuff, they're pretty weird. You know, that you got to really have a hardcore imagination for that sort of stuff. Um, yes, we so do. So maybe it just, it, it's part of that. This is why I want the son's story. Yeah. Maybe the son's story would really help solidify all of this and exactly tell like it, it, it would pretty much exactly tell us, okay, is this guy's making shit up because he's traumatized versus mm. they all actually experience something. He could still be making stuff up because it's because he's traumatized, but if the son could come back and actually confirm something, it would help with this help this story so much. Yep. I don't disagree. If he comes up and says the gray aliens tried to get me too, then it's like, well, all right. Right. Yep. Um, Came at me with her big gray wieners. <laughs> There's just so many of these, man, you know, and I really do. The more I get into stuff, dude, I just really think that a lot of this shit is entities, man. And it's not just for this stuff, but there's just so many things, dude, that if you really think about like that concept, that entities have an agenda that we have no idea what it is. There's no reason to think that they're not just giving people ideas for shit, right? And I even talk about it on like a physical level, right? Where like they'll they'll implant the ideas of like microchips and shit into people's minds so that they'll go and actually invent these things. And then next thing you know, we're all being controlled by fucking devices, right? So it's, you know. Well, that whole repressed, uh, you know, events that could possibly have happened where it was in a sexual uh, meaner, uh, you know, that's something I haven't really dove down. That That's interesting. That is a, a, a very interesting uh, direction, point of view to look at this. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm still I'm still <clears throat> on the. I, I'm leaning towards that. This guy really had some kind of. Uh, uh, meeting or uh, visit from something, some being, whether it be a trickster, alien, or or whatnot, Bigfoot, maybe. Um, I had to put him in there. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know. I'm gonna let you guys take that that point of view. I'll I'll continue over on this side. But maybe but, uh, he's that is interesting. Maybe he's a 
you know, a really good liar and an incredible narcissist. Out of all the people on Earth that could be, you know, molested by aliens, why is he the chosen one? Well, who's to say that 90% of the population hasn't been? Has has ninety has most of the population been put under hypnotherapy? You better not put that on me. <laughs> hey man, I'm just saying. You know, I don't know. I it mean, sounds like you might need a a regular therapist more than a hypnotherapist, but that's just my opinion. Well, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But maybe Bud Hopkins has some work done. Maybe Bud Hopkins did a report on this too. That that'd be somebody that I might yeah. have to look into too and see where his point of view is because apparently Bud Hopkins. Uh, also interviewed his wife and his son and uh, Annie, but not Jacques. Apparently Jacques wasn't able to really Jacques or Jack or whatever freak his name is. I call it Jacques because that's how it's spelled. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know. We'll see. That That is definitely another avenue I'll go down uh, once I'm done with this book and I'm done with Ed Conroy's book. So. I'm going to stay away from hypnotherapists these days because they try to convince me that I'm like a dog trapped in a man's body or something. Dude, I'll, <laughs> I'll go with you. I'll watch and make sure nothing. Oh, yeah. And then you'll be like, I love the Giants. The Giants are the best. And I'm going to wake up and be like, let's watch the, all the Super Bowls. Let's watch all the games. <laughs> let's watch them score that home I, run. Yeah, I've never felt more alive <laughs> than when I watched the Giants. Ugh. <laughs> No, you have to move to Wisconsin. It's the only way. Make him feel like he's a walrus. <laughs> You're like that movie Tusk. <laughs> Every time he sees a banana, he just starts doing cartwheels and yelling the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> Every time. Every time. <laughs> Grocery store or not. All right, you guys ready? Yeah. Yes. All right, next paragraph's called, Wow, that's a strange question. Quote, you are our chosen one. Whitley's reply to this was that it was ridiculous, it's bullshit, and I want to go home. In which she replies, what if we don't let you go home? The conversation took a hard left turn when the being asked him, are you as hard as you can get? Can you get any harder? Before Whitley was able to provide this, provide what? his shock <laughs> reply to his completely asinine question she cuts his finger open with a small incision with intense speed and he is instantly back in his cabin butt naked in the middle of his living room he heads to the bathroom relieves himself brushes his teeth puts his pajamas back on and lays down next to his wife he touches her back and the warmth radiating off her reassures him that he is really back all right that was a short one what do you guys think there is no Whitley, only Zool. <laughs> <laughs> He's the key oh master. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. What? Oh yeah, goodness. Mackie right in the teeth. Shame on you. I don't get it. Yep. Oh my gosh. Oh boy. <laughs> That's what? <laughs> what? <laughs> we, I don't know. Is this as hard as you can get? He, she said with her, his thin lips and hollow black eyes, and then pressed me with his, his, hers fingers oh that smelled like cinnamon and cardboard. <laughs> it's the meth. It's the meth. It's got to be the meth. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're already over an hour. Let's continue. You guys ready? Yeah. Uh, we got one. Yep. Oh, this is the last paragraph. This is it. 
This is this is the end of the show. You guys ready? Oh my goodness, let's go. <laughs> Before he falls asleep next to his wife while still under hypnosis, Dr. Klein cuts in and asks what Whitley to describe the being that he continually referred to in the feminine. Whitley begins describing every detail he can conjure up about the being. She's bald, has a very large head compared to the body, the eyes are bulging out from the face, and her skin is yellowish-brown with lipless flaps surrounding her mouth. She spoke to me, but not with her mouth. I never saw its lips move. The words were just there, and she reminded me of a bug, but not a bug, just bug-like. Whitley then went on to explain that he was unsure if it was actually a woman or not. Dr. Klein then redirects the conversation to her question about him being hard. Whitley confirms that it was in reference to his penis, which unexcitedly admitted hung at half-mast as she questioned him. He went on to explain that he was unaware. He was in that state until she asked about it, and there was no getting harder with her being there. Dr. Klein went on to redirect the reclamation of events yet again, this time asking why he said it was bullshit that he was the chosen one. Whitley replied, because they have a ton of them. Trust me. I've seen them. I've seen countless other people. When, asked Dr. Klein, when I was 12. He went on to explain that once he had actually sat up from the bed that they'd normally put him on, and he saw hundreds of other people lying flat on their backs, asleep in other beds. He explained that one of the beings told him that it was time for him to go home. Whitley ignored it and went on to ask it, quote, who are all of these people? In which he replied, they are soldiers. We check them, then bring them back home. Whitley told Dr. Klein that when he looked around, he was shocked to notice two other faces that he recognized instantly, his sister's and his father's. His father was scared. This he could tell, and his sister was sleeping. Soldiers in and out of uniform were all around him. Then, faster than he could realize, they were all on a train. The train that he recognized is the train that he, his father, and his sister took to Chicago once he was young from their then home in Texas. Whitley became panicked as his hypnosis bounced him back and forth between the train and the strange room with people lying on beds all around him. It became too much for him and he was awoken for the session. Scared of what they all could possibly mean, Whitley asked the doctor and Bud if he could be done for the day. And they all agreed. That this was more than enough for now. All right, guys, that's all I have for for today. What do you oh guys think? Goodness. Come on, Jacob. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to put a um, what is it like a disclaimer in disclaimer, the front of this? Yeah. It says, "Hey, we talk about wieners a lot, so just so <laughs> you know, hard wieners, floppy wieners, <laughs> wieners in general, a lot of wieners in this one." So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just. Just put a little sexual content disclaimer on on the front of it. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a fucking really popular episode. I'll tell you what. Trigger warning. (laughs) Wieners everywhere. (laughs) In your ears, in your eyes. Flaps for mouths and lots of wieners. (laughs) What What is a lipless flap or toothless flap for lips above her lips? A a lipless flap. So like instead of having like the red part of your lips, I would assume it just cut off right there i don't know that's just what i'm thinking it is mm. no idea no idea a toothless flap do we know anything without lips we gotta hit up kenzar and say we talk about flaps in this episode or kenzar, not kenzar sorry 
Yeah, Asher's. <laughs> I was going to say it right here. <laughs> hey, we talked about slaps no. in this episode. No, also <laughs> Asher's. Talk, tell them both. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, okay, so we kind of just kind of dissect that last bit a little bit uh, to make it clear, because I, I, as I was reading it, I guess I did a pretty bad job at writing it. Um, apparently he believes that this or that he's uncovered that this has been happening to him, not just in the year prior to this, but since he was 12 years old and possibly his first actual abduction was on a train ride, an overnight train ride from his town in Texas to Chicago, Illinois. And it was done while he was in motion on the train uh, with his dad and his sister. So they all, everybody apparently got abducted on that train that night. Um, What's the whole idea of them being soldiers? Jeff? I did not mean to click the hands up button. Um, (laughs) No, you have uh, to talk now. Yes. What's your No, I was unmuting anyways to talk. But um, is there anybody else from the train that? came out and was like oh uh, dude i don't know yet we'll get there. a whole train full of people a couple of them should have remembered wieners <laughs> <laughs> no i comes off here we yeah. started off good the first half of this i was like yeah 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 and now the second half of this i'm like no 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 <laughs> well do you think that it's a no because it's it's made up or it's a no because it's a regressed memory or it's a no because you don't want to be abducted and, and get slapped in the face by a, you know, gray alien wiener. Well, definitely that. But no, I think, <laughs> I think there's a problem with memories, man. I think obviously there's a pro- big problem with memories, you know, mm. s- details get lost so quickly with memories. That's the whole game of like telephone, right? Like you, you can't expect your memories to be at all reliable. And I, that's what I meant in my first spiel about this at the first junction of conversation here where i said that you know how do you know what you're pulling up in a hypnotic regression isn't some fucked up memory like Sure. sure we can pull the memory out of the subconscious that you weren't able to to pull up before but is that memory still like a fucking weird memory that's totally off from reality hmm so Maybe, you know, I hate to say this and I say this kind of jokingly, which is also fucked up because this does happen to people, which is messed up, but maybe he was just molested or something at some point and he's having yeah. his subconscious is all fucked up. He's traumatized. Now he's going to hypnotic regression. He's a sci-fi writer and all these other things. And now he's like come up with this grandiose memory that to him, he truly believes. And yeah. when, when pulled out of him in hypnosis, he, he says what he believes. You know, hmm. and I, uh, you know, I don't know that that is a point of view that I haven't really dove into before. It's interesting. It, it definitely answers. It fills a lot of holes. Um, but what if it, what if the actual event happened on the train? What if it happened when he was 12 years old? Well, I think that having a memory like that, it would have to be the um, the like how fond of a memory was it if it was at a really good time something that he would really hold on to right because there's a lot of things i've experienced in my 31 years very few of them are like really sweet times right but if i was to 
try to remember those ones, it'd be a lot easier than a mundane, you know, day at work or something like that. Um, but what's interesting about dreams now, I don't know if it's the same thing about, you know, pulling up regressed memories because whether, you know, whether they are like this whole thing right here with this hypnosis thing has been a search for regressed memories for more detail and more, um, specifics, right? So, but in your dreams, when you see a human being and you don't, on first thought, like if you wake up and you remember your dream, you're like, I don't know who that person is. You've seen that person at some point. Right. Your, your brain, brain is not good at making up faces. So right. anytime you see someone's face, it could have been from a commercial or something like that, whatever. Um, or passing them on the street, your brain will fill in people's faces with people you've already seen before. It's not going to make it up. So it would make sense that if he was talking about a dream or an experience, maybe he, you know, maybe he has seen all these people at some point and like his brain was filling it in, but, and it is somehow tied to a memory of his sister and his, and his father going on this train um, and him, you know, going on this train. I don't really know how to, I don't really know how to put into words what I'm thinking about this. But, like, because I, I don't know, like what Jeff was saying, I don't know how much your brain would make up in uh, a hypnotherapy session. I've never done it before. I don't plan to. Um, but if I was had to remember something, how much of it would be, in fact, the truth and how much of it would be random crap that my brain is just bleh, spilling out there, right? Or, you know, it's some childhood memories. Like, I I have this memory that is completely ridiculous that when I was, like, six years old, I burped and a green bubble came out and it had a piece of rice in it because I was eating um, some, like, Chinese <laughs> food or whatever. That is 100% fabricated by my brain. But I can tell you that I remember it like it was an actual event that happened. And I think the reason why I remember that is because I probably said that as, you know, some fantastic thing to some people like friends at school over and over and over again till my brain believes that it actually happened. Now, I can tell you right now that that did not happen, but I still have that memory. But it's a false memory, right? So I don't know how much of that would go into this. Would the truth come out and be like, I, you know, I'd talk to a hypnotherapist and say, I totally made that up. Or would that come out somehow and I'd be like, oh, one time when I was six, I was eating Chinese food and I burped a green bubble and a piece of rice was floating in it. Because I believe that because I said that story so many times as a child, right? So I don't know where the connection is to where he could say, you know, maybe he's told this story so many times and he more or less believes it that he's just adding more to it, but none of this is actually true and it's all fabricated. But he's just going to latch onto an actual memory, which was him and his dad and his sister riding on this train from to Texas or from Texas or whatever, right? I don't know. It's interesting. Really, It's really an interesting story, but it certainly adds more questions than answers when it comes to all of the ridiculous sexual stuff because I can't, think that that has anything that that has anything other to do with or or that it um 
I can't think that it doesn't have anything to do with being molested or messed around with or something like that. And that was just buried, you know? Right. And. Which sucks, you know? Totally get it, right? If that's the truth, then that's awful. It's horrible. I think part one, I said this guy was mentally ill and a complete wackadoo. I'm going (laughs) to. I'm going to not stand by that. I still think he's mentally ill, definitely mentally ill, but I also now think he's extremely traumatized. Hmm. Is he a wackadoo? Probably not. I think this guy's experienced something that he doesn't know how to handle. He didn't know how to handle. So he buried it in the back of his mind and this is how he's now coping with it. So, because the mind does crazy things. So I'm I'm fairly fairly familiar with alien abduction stories, right? There's the um, there's like four four or five like really big time alien abduction stories, and we'll eventually get into all of them, right? You have the Travis Walton story, you have this one, Whitley Strieber's Communion, Betty at Barney Hill, Antonio uh, Vilas Boas, uh, Boas, um, which is probably one of the biggest ones ever. Um, and then from there, I mean, you have some other smaller ones and you have some really big ones with just, you know, alien craft, like the, uh, the, uh, what is it? The Virginia, uh, South American one where the beings actually came out of a crashed ship, which again, we'll eventually get into. Um, I don't remember, and I could be wrong. But I don't ever remember any of these having a sexual aspect to it other than communion, which really plays to your guys's uh, point of view here that this this if, could this could really just be. Yeah, if that's you know, the case, if this is the only story that you can think of, then, yeah, I would lean more towards it's a it, this guy's trying to rationalize his traumas. Yeah, But on the other hand, it could be both. It could be that an experience happened to him with to Jeff's point and to Jeremy's point of a, you know, demonic entity that was jerking around with him. Uh, and he actually did experience these things, but in a, you know, in maybe like nightmares and visions and stuff. Um, you know, I don't believe it, but he could have had an alien experience and he could also have had trauma in the past. You know, what's the, what's the key marker of aliens visiting people. I don't know what that is, but it could be people that have had trauma in their past. Yeah, well, I mean, you know that what? could be the trauma in itself, right? Like Jeremy said earlier, right? Like he could have actually had an experience with some entity, right, of some kind, mm-hmm. interdimensional or not, whatever. And that could have been when he was 12, right? And now later on, now he's got all of this like exaggerated subconscious memory fuckery with that experience that did happen so we're still not getting the actual details of the events if that makes mm-hmm. sense like it's all clouded yeah. right? we're, we're, we're going off hypno you know therapy shit here it's like so i want to actually take back what i said um from the from the four or five major ones right there may not be any like real sexual connections but all the time and i can't believe i actually 
skipped over this, but all of the time, the reason why we joke so much about anal probes is because that is something that has been reported quite a bit. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, extracting semen and, and yep. eggs. It is something that has been uh, talked about and reported in alien abductions. Like, you know, I, I kind of embarrassed myself for even forgetting that. But, you know, when it comes to like the, the big four or five stories out there right now, uh, I don't believe any of them really have a sexual thing. Uh, I could be wrong on one or two of them. Eventually, we'll get back into them. We'll, we'll dive into them and really uh, uncover whether or not they do. But uh, I was wrong. There definitely is a sexual aspect to a lot of this, in, including interbreeding, uh, mm-hmm. both by um, artificial and by natural means. Um, so by removing sperm and eggs and then also by regular coitus with uh with an alien creature so i mean shit uh you know there's a there's a uh theory out there that us humans are just alien primate hybrids you know that's why we have skin instead of fur or hair all over our bodies because we have half of their genes and half of a primate's genes jake i know you don't believe any of that but that is just theory that's out there um so there's that, but I like. No, her... there's a church of in my own town. If you want to start going, <laughs> no, no, I well, I, I didn't say that I believed it. I was just saying that 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 is a, a very common thing. And uh, as far as I know, I don't think that. No, anyways. no, I'm just crapping. <laughs> um, um, probably gonna get sued now. We should probably take this out. Um, what? <laughs> oh shit! You're probably right. You can't talk uh, bad about those people. They any speak. mention of it, yeah. you get sued. Um, we'll bleep it out. But what about like the idea of there's so many different variations of extraterrestrials? Are you going to tell me that there's that many different types of extraterrestrials that are visiting the planet? Well, I have heard all, all kinds of ones. There's a lot, dude. Definitely the big or the short gray aliens with black eyes. The green aliens, like the Kelly Green Man, right? You got the... The um, Nordics. The Nordics, the reptilians. You got the injured colds, apparently. The insectoids. The insectoids. You got all these different variations. There's a lot. There is a lot out there, man. And it's like every single one of them, even the insectoids know how to get over here, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's like either... You know I, I don't know. I, I can't put a lot of weight into any sort of alien story without thinking, like, you know, Jeff said, that there is a very much more nefarious thing going on just to create confusion, just to jack people up, you know, all kinds yeah. of stuff. But, um, yeah. Nothing is what it seems, my friends. Question everything. So, check mm. this out, right? Here you go. It's a book, The Extraterrestrial Species Almanac. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a whole <laughs> book filled with different species of, of alien beings, man. The fuck, uh, bro? Somebody's making money on that? Dude, I'm about to make a book, dude. I'm right <laughs> dude, I'm not even kidding, bro. I'm going to make a book that thick about the machine elves in the DMT world. I'm just going to make it up. Mid-journey's going to illustrate all of it. Why Mid-journey. Not? Oh, yeah, dude. Mid-journey. <laughs> oh, let's go. You know what's crazy is that I've been, I've been like, I have crazy ideas for books, and I've been racking my head about 
who I can get to illustrate them. Jake, I've even asked you if you drew. Remember that? Yeah. Dude. <laughs> well, is, we're about to make some money with this shit. Possibly Let's do it, dude. <laughs> hey, look, they say right on their website that if you're making more than like 15000 a month that you owe them royalties. So eventually it'll be, you know, a thing if you're actually making money with it. But yeah, they say it's it's wide open. You can go ahead and use their use the art. It's all it's all based off awesome. your prompts. It's it's not ripping anyone off. Dude, but yeah. If I'm making fifteen grand a month, you can have all the royalties you want, bro. Oh yeah. Sure. <laughs> no problem. Except for a hundred percent. Except for a hundred percent. You know what I'm saying. Like, I ain't sweating it, right? Like my landlord hit me up the other day and he's like, Hey bro, uh hate to tell you, but the rent's going up like thirty bucks. I hope that's okay. I'm like, bro, I'm not stressing thirty dollars. I'm not gonna move over thirty dollars a month. It'll cost me more to get a truck, fill it with gas, move the whole thing than what you're talking about over the whole year. I'm not oh, stressing. No, man. That's three hundred and sixty bucks, bro. I'm not stressing, bro. It costs you more than that to move. I get it. I get it. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anybody else have anything else to say? We're at an hour and 22 minutes. I know Jeff is probably freaking the fuck out. This is bedtime. Yeah. It's close to my bedtime, but I might actually play some video games tonight. It's been a while. Ooh. I like oh, the fake studio background. Can we just do nice. part Thank three you. right now, yeah. man? Is that what we're going to do? <laughs> I like, how, I like how you look like a ghost because you're all like... I just actually made this background on mid-journey during the episode you guys if you're watching you'll have noticed the change that happened I, I, yeah. I like watched you do Boom. the change Custom background i've been working on i've been working on the thumbnail for the youtube video there you go it's, look it's at that that's awesome. an awesome oh for me yeah or for this for this episode oh for this episode cool yeah. cool cool i got a he... picture of uh whitley streber Oh, did you? And it looks just like him. <laughs> did I we get sued for that too? Artwork, which All I sent right. a picture of to the group chat, by the way. I did see it, but let's go ahead and uh, and uh, get out of here so everybody listening to this doesn't have to hear about all of this. this <laughs> all uh, of the business decisions, <laughs> cheating. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, that has been another episode of the Infinite Rabbit Hole podcast. Thank you all for stopping by. Please hit us up at infiniterabbithole.com. Check out our merch shop. Jake has been doing incredible things over there with his T-shirts and stickers. Oh, man, the stickers. There's all kinds of stickers out there. Let me tell you, there's ones with, with Bigfoot, with us. There's me as a Bigfoot. There's there's a kid, Kenzar, over there as a orange-haired Wendigo. There is Jeffrey as a cyborg. <laughs> Yes, a cyborg. And then there's Jake sitting in a bloody toilet holding a spirit orb. Uh, as a kappa. As a kappa. <laughs> in blood. Uh, there are werewolves. There are aliens. There are UFOs. There are all kinds of really cool things. If you guys like stuff that we cover here on the Infinite Rabbit Hole, you will love our merch shop. Check it out. And not all of it says Infinite Rabbit Hole, so you don't have to tell anybody that you're a fan of our show. We'll keep your secret. Until mm -hmm. next time, everybody. World's okayest podcast. Yes, that is our new slogan, the world's okayest <laughs> podcast. Thank you for voting us. Nobody did, but thank you. And <laughs> until next time, travelers, we'll see you right back here in the next fork of the infinite rabbit hole. Bye. 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 I had a